Chapter 23. All that afternoon, I stayed in the horrible, reeking, stifling darkness of that underground cavern. Arbon was there some of the time, but not often. Mostly, he was communing with the living hive, making plans. Arbon had become a general. He was just what the living hive needed. He could explain what the Tuxons would find when they erupted into the spaceport. He could explain how to hurt the Yerks. I don't know if he told the Hive how hopeless the task was. I only know that he seemed very alive, almost on fire. At last, he came to me. Alfangor, there is a delicate problem we have to discuss. Alaron and the humans, you know what this will be like. Taxon against Taxon Controller. Taxon against Hork Bajir. No one will be safe. From either side. What do you want me to do? If you can, find Alaron and the humans. I know that's what you'd want to do anyway. But most importantly, get the Time Matrix safely away. The Living Hive is no more safe from the Time Matrix than any other living thing. I'll take care of the Time Matrix, I said. You'll need to take the Jahar. I'll help get you to it. And then you can leave with me, I said. No, Alfangor. I'm staying here. We'll lose this battle. But there may be other chances to hurt the Yurks. I didn't know what to say. I guess I felt like only Arbron could decide for Arbron now. I'll... I'll tell your parents what... No! He said sharply. No, Alfangor. Tell them I died in battle. Let them remember me the way I used to be, okay? I don't want them to remember me like this. I don't want them picturing me this way. Arbron, I said, my mind swimming in emotion. I have some last-minute planning. We've put that yellow machine of yours in one of the tubes. You'll go last, after all of our people have been sent. Drive straight down the tunnel. The tunnel is part of the hive. It will make sure you get to the right place. And one last thing. Yes. The spaceport will be hell. He said flatly. You won't be able to tell the difference between my taxons and the taxon controllers. So don't hesitate. Do what you have to. And then he left. The legs I had cut off were half grown back. But I could still recognize him moving amongst the other taxons. The launch of the attack was eerie to watch. Taxons lined up alongside the tunnels. The living hive glowed a brighter red, and swiftly, smoothly, the taxons shoved through the slits in the tunnels and were blown down the tubes. They were launched at a rate of one every eight seconds or so, down five separate tubes. It took almost half an hour for all the taxons to enter the tubes. And then, it was my turn. I nosed the yellow Mustang into the living, pulsating gap in the tube. To my amazement, the tube stretched for me and the machine. It flattened down and widened out, leaving just inches of clearance. I felt the whoosh of air pressure. It blew me down the tube. I gunned the engine and went from zero to 200 miles per hour in seconds. There was nothing exhilarating about this. I was blasting down a living tunnel, enclosed on all sides, 
ducking my head to avoid having my stock eyes scraped off. The only light came from the machine's own lights. White looking ahead. Red looking back. For long minutes, I raced along beneath the surface of the Taxon world. On my way to a massacre. And then... Whoosh! I shot into the air. The engine screamed as the wheel spun madly in midair. I burst from the ground, flew through the air, and saw, in flashes of explosion and dragon beam blasts, a scene no madman could have dreamed. The machine arced toward the ground. Woomph! The front wheels hit, the engine roared, and I was banged so badly that my elbow and left foreleg were scraped bloody, and the Mustang dug in and hauled away in an explosion of kicked up dirt. Suddenly, a taxon right in front of me. Shploomp! The machine slammed into the taxon and burst it open like a bag of garbage. Ah! I screamed in sheer horror. But it was only one small piece of horror in a scene that would be burned on my brain forever. Taxon cries. hork roars. The tzu-tzu of dracon beams. Scenes of nauseating violence were everywhere. The battle had already raged for half an hour. Half an hour of unarmed taxons against bladed hork It was a slaughterhouse. How was I supposed to find the humans amidst that awful battle? How was I even supposed to think? A huge hork spotted me and began to run for the Mustang. Only when he got close did he cry, Underlight! in surprise and greedy delight. He leapt at the moving machine. I spun the steering wheel. The Mustang turned sharply. I gunned the engine. Boom! I hit the hork in the legs. He cartwheeled over my head and landed in the dirt behind me. Taxons! hork Geds! All around me. I used the Mustang like a battering ram, mowing down anyone in my way. The Jahar. All I could do was head for the Jahar. The lovely ship stood proud above the slaughter. And there, atop the ship's cradle, clearly silhouetted by the lights, were two strange alien shapes. Two aliens that walked on two legs alone, without tail. The humans! Seething around the base of the ship's cradle were a hundred taxons, all pushing and shoving to squeeze up the narrow ramp that led to the ship itself. Standing alone on the ramp was a single taxon, a single taxon with four legs shorter than the rest. Orban! I screamed as I slammed the Mustang into the mass of ravening taxons. Alfangor, I can't hold them any longer! Are these taxon controllers, or are they your soldiers? There's no difference anymore, Alfangor. Don't you see? Blood has been spilled. The hunger. The hunger. Stop me, Alfangor. Stop me. And with that, Arbron, Arths of the Dome Ship Starsword, lost his last shred of control. He turned from facing down the Taxon mob. He turned and ran for the humans, mouth gaping open. Chapter 24 No! I screamed. I leapt from the machine and plowed into the mass of taxon bodies. My tail whipped the air. Strike and push through. Strike 
and push through. Strike! 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 I reached the ramp and leapt clear over the last taxon in my way. Loren, run! Arbron, no! I raced up the ramp. Arbron was closing in on the humans. The human Chapman was free, and it was toward him that Arbron ran. The human Chapman screamed. Arbron reared back, ready to slam his upper body down on the frail human. Arith, Arbron! I cried. Arith, Arbron, you will stop! You will do your duty! I don't know what made me say that. I don't know. I only know that Arbron hesitated. As Chapman cowered, helpless, Arbron remained poised. Behind me, I saw the taxons falling back, and over them climbed and leaped a handful of Hoipajir warriors. Seven feet tall, blades on their wrists and elbows and knees, blade horns raked forward from their sleek snake heads, short spiked tails twitching, ripping bird feet clawing at taxon flesh to advance. I realized I knew one of the Hork-Bajir. It was Subvisor 7. Ah, oh, so we meet again, Underlight, he said, sounding delighted. Alfengor, right? That was the name you yelled so defiantly at me as you escaped. I was so afraid the taxons might have gotten to you by now, and I so wanted you all for myself. For a moment, no one moved. The injured taxons withdrew down the ramp to make way for the hork I was alone against half a dozen hork Behind me, Arbron, who still eyed Loren hungrily, and with them, Chapman. Whose side was Chapman on now? And whose side was Arbron on? Surrender, Alfengor, Subvisor 7 practically purred. I won't kill you. I'll just use you. I'll leave this crude body and live inside your head. I'll wrap myself around your smug, arrogant, underlight brain and make you my slave. And with your underlight morphing power, run the galaxy before I'm done. It's either that or death, underlight. There's no third choice. I saw Arbron turn away from Loren. He came to stand beside me, a massive ten-foot-long worm. Guess we're a long way from the good old star sword, eh, Alfangor? He said, with a touch of his old humor. We are one lost, lonely pair of Arths. Tell the Yerk scum to dream on, Alfangor. Tell him we're Andalites. We don't surrender. You heard my friend, Subvisor 7. I said. You want me? Come get me. In the great stories and legends, that kind of speech always scares the bad guys. In real life, it doesn't work that way. Okay, Subvisor 7 said. I will come get you. Cut him down. Cut him down! He screamed in sudden rage. His hork leapt for me, but the ramp was narrow. There was only room for two hork at a time. Any trained analyte can handle a hork one-on-one. They're fast. We're faster. Swoosh! The first hork swung his wrist blade. Thwop! I struck with my tail, and he no longer had a wrist blade. Or a wrist. But the second hork shoved past him and got to my left. One of his comrades swung over the railing and leapt onto the platform to our right. And the wounded hork was still dangerous. The odds were getting worse very quickly. 
more Hork-Bajir were cramming onto the ramp, anxious to serve their subvisor. Battle exploded suddenly in rapid thrusts and slashes. Hork-Bajir blades made the air sing as they whipped their powerful arms and legs at me. Arbron did what he could, but a taxon is helpless in a blade fight. The Hork-Bajir just climbed over him to reach me. Alvangor, look out! Loren screamed. Get him! What are you waiting for? Subvisor Seven roared. He's just one Andalite! I fell back under the pressure. I had no time to think. None. Only time to react. Only time to block deadly blows. I had been cut badly already, and it was only a matter of time. And then a new orc stepped forward. So, how are you enjoying the war, Arthas of Bangor? He asked in Andalite thought-speak. I was so stunned, I almost missed the next blow. War Prince Alaron, in Hork-Bajir morph. Alaron spun. Before the subvisor could so much as twitch, Alaron had pressed his wrist blade against the Yurk's throat. Don't move, Yurk. Don't even breathe, Alaron said. Call off your men. Do it, or I'll laugh when your head goes rolling across the ground. Hold, the subvisor cried. Back away. The hork obeyed. They backed away. I panted and gasped for air. I was exhausted. I was bleeding. Lorraine ran over and pressed her hands against a deep gash in my chest. The pressure slowed the loss of blood. You're still alive, she said. I was so worried. Now here's what we're going to do. Alaron said. The two humans and my two friends and I are going aboard the Jahar. And you, Subvisor, are coming with us. Once we're off the cradle, we'll toss you back out. How does that plan sound to you, Yerk? He demanded, tightening his hold on the Subvisor. Do I have a choice? There is always a choice, Yerk. I can cut you right out of that hork and feed your impotent slug body to my friend the Taxon here. That's one choice. Or you can order your men back down the ramp, all the way down. Whatever became of the Andalite reputation for kindness and gentleness? The Yurk mocked. What happened? We left that image in the ashes of the hork homeworld. You were there. I was there. My name is Alaron Semitor Koras, War Prince Alaron. For the first time, the subvisor seemed afraid. His mocking, arrogant attitude seemed to evaporate. He quickly ordered his orc down the ramp. Together, we backed carefully toward the Jahar. Alaron, with the Yurk subvisor in his steel grip, Loren, still tending my wound, and Chapman, the treacherous human who had led us all to this terrible mess. Only Arbron turned away from the open hatch of the Jahar. Come with us, Arbron, I said. Look around. The free taxons have lost. The living hive will be destroyed. There's no future for you here. Alfangor, there's no future for me anywhere. But you can't, I said. Who's going to remind me not to be so stiff? Who's going to laugh at me when I start talking about being a great prince? You go, Alfangor, Orban said gently. Go, save the galaxy.
Leave him, Alaron said. Arthas, I mean, warrior Arbron, is a casualty of war. Chapter 25 We launched the Jahar. There was no one to stop us. The battle still raged, and none of the Yurks had the presence of mind to come after us. Or so I thought. Alaron demorphed from his hork body. I was relieved. I guess he saw my expression. Did you think I had ended up like Arbron back there? Trapped? A knocklet? No, Arasov Angor. I am still myself. I'm very glad, sir, I said. Subvisor 7 stood in a corner, eyeing Alaron as he demorphed and resumed his usual andalite body. Loren seemed dazed. Even Chapman seemed unusually quiet. No doubt he was afraid of what we would do to him. He deserved whatever we did to him. Your orders, sir? I asked the prince. Alaron sneered. Ah, now you want orders. When I ordered you to flush those pools full of yurks into outer space, you disobeyed me. But now you want orders. Now you want to be told what to do. I was too tired to be angry. I was even too tired to consider how my earlier refusal to follow orders would probably destroy my career. What was I going to do? Explain to some military tribunal that I, the insignificant Arths, had thought Alaron's order immoral? Sir, the time matrix is... Silence, you young fool! Alaron snapped angrily. He stared at me, enraged. We don't have time for that yet. No, first we have to take care of the business you kept me from taking care of. That Texan ship full of yurks is still in its cradle. Still filled with yurk slugs. What do you think I've been doing the last day and a half? I've been hiding in shadows, morphing and demorphing, watching that ship. Prince Alaron, is that really the most important thing to do? For the first time since he had demorphed, he turned to face me. He glared at me with his main eyes. And that's when I saw the look. That's when I saw the rage. The mad rage. The most important thing in war is to destroy your enemies, Arths Alpengor. Nothing is more important than destroying your enemies. Do you understand? He turned his stuck eyes toward the subvisor. You understand, don't you? You yurks understand. You said you would let me go, the subvisor cried. And so I will, Alaron said. Open the hatch, Arths Alfangor. The subvisor is going to see if that hork body of his can fly. The subvisor tensed up. He was not going to get pushed out of a spaceship without a fight. His hork muscles bunched and rippled. He seemed to glance at Chapman, and I swear... But no, I had to be imagining things. It's just that Chapman seemed to shake his head, almost invisibly. The subvisor's face glazed over. His eyes went dead. He relaxed his muscles. Slow to a dead stop, Alaron ordered. Altitude? Fifteen thousand feet, I said dully. We are still within the atmosphere. Airspeed is now at dead stop. Dead stop, Alaron said. 
Appropriate. Now, open the hatch. What could I do? I was just in Earth's. I had already defied Alaron once. If I defied him again, he was mad. Insane. What could I do? I opened the hatch. Warm taxon air blew in, strange in the enclosed environment. It ruffled Loren's golden hair. Get out, Yerk, Alaron said to Subvisor 7. I closed my main eyes. I kept my stock eyes focused on my instruments. I could not look. Close the hatch, Alaron said a few seconds later. I dared to look. The subvisor was gone. I looked down at the exterior display screens. A tiny figure fell through the clouds. I looked away. Now we go back and fry that transport ship, Alaron said briskly. Good to see you've grown up a little, Arths of Fangor. Take us back over the southeastern corner of the spaceport. Maintain present altitude. Then we'll go pick up our missing time matrix, eh? He seemed cheerful, as if, for a moment at least, the madness were past. But I knew it wasn't over. We didn't need to destroy the Yurks in those transport pools. We needed to secure the time matrix. But I had given up arguing. I was tired. I was scared. I was sick from thinking of Arbon. I wanted to sleep, and sleep, and sleep, and not wake up till I was home on my own grass, under my own trees. I saw Loren watching me. She seemed worried, concerned. Who wouldn't be? And yet... Chapman was watching too. He seemed tense. Understandable. And yet... What made you decide to come with us? I asked Chapman. Do you expect mercy from us? You betrayed us. You betrayed your fellow human. You've told the Yurks about Earth. You may have betrayed your entire species. He shrugged. Not my fault, though, is it? I was on Earth minding my own business. I didn't ask to be kidnapped by the Skritna. I didn't ask to be dragged halfway across the galaxy by you Andalites. I was just trying to protect myself. By making deals with the Yurks. Alaron laughed. The Yurks don't make deals. They enslave. Yeah, I guess that's what I realized. After a while, Chutman said. Look, I'm sorry, okay? I'm just a dumb human kid, okay? Give me a break. We are coming back over the spaceport, I announced. There is a lot of smoke, but you should still be able to get a good targeting lock with the shredder. Alaron didn't answer. He just stared at the display screen. At full magnification, we could see the worm-like taxons below. We could easily see the ships, some burning from the battle, some tilted wildly over. The living hive had done damage to the Yurks, but we could also see platoons of hork rounding up taxons, and other taxons were busily feeding. Somewhere down there was Arbon. Alaron aimed the shredder. He aimed it carefully, taking his time. He focused it on the transport ship that contained thousands of helpless Yurk slugs. Fire, Arths of Fangor, he said. What? I said fire, 
Fry those yerks. You let them live. Now you finish them. Undo your mistake, and no one will ever have to know about your earlier cowardice. My finger reached for the firing pad. Do it, Alfangor! Alaron hissed. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, I am your host, narrator, sound producer, and all of it, Daniel. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm feeling kind of tired, and I don't really have anything else to say here, so check out the Apocalypse. That's the Apocalypse, like Apocalypse, but with a D right in there after the O. Uh, it's my website, uh, theapocalypse.com. I don't know if I said the .com. It's, it's my website. It's got my stuff. Check it out. Uh, if you'd like to reach me, audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Uh, thank you all for listening. I'm out of here, so I'll see you next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>